Hello and welcome back to a fine Friday on the Electricpreneur Secrets. Sometimes I say the before that. I don't mean to, but anyway, it's the Electrician's Podcast and we're back. Clay Newmeyer, your host, and with me as always, my esteemed co-host, Joseph the Salesbot Lucani. If you didn't figure it out already, and if this is the first episode you've ever heard, then I'm not even sorry for making a couple mess ups in that intro because we got rid of all the fancy shit to just show up and have real conversations about our favorite, our preferred trade, electrical, because we're just mm-hmm. a couple of master electricians with business addictions. Joe is no exception, are you, Joe? No, I'm not. And I truly love what we do. And I think it works out that today's topic talks about exactly our passion there. Yeah, man. Getting obsessed. Continuing this vision topic. Being obsessed Mm -hmm. with your vision and, importantly, not your outcome. Joe, I want to say I'm happy to report in this mission today to help electricians master sales, simplify pricing, and deliver premium level electrical service. I do have a steaming hot Joe with me. Ooh, so you <laughs> so you fixed yesterday there. All right. I remember mm-hmm. going yeah. through. We had the whole Keurig debate, but now you've got your hot coffee. Did you end up ordering the Keurig? No, not yet. But that's not from a Keurig. It is Maxwell House um, instant coffee because <laughs> I didn't have a long time. And I just threw the pot on. Guys, I'm not as fancy as you might think. So this show, if anything... Is exact parallel to that. I'll do it. I will just do the instant coffee to show up here and be with you, Joe, and help electricians further their business. I'm so down, and I could not have asked for a better partner to serve this mission with. So let's do it. Let's get into it. All right. So let's get some energy. Let's get obsessed with your vision and not your outcome. First and foremost, why the disclaimer? What do we mean, not your outcome? What's the problem with being obsessed with an outcome? So the problem is, is that if you're obsessed with the outcome, you're limiting yourself more than you think you are. So let me explain why. When I first started off, I thought the obsession was I need a shop, I need the CSRs, I need the team. And that was the vision. And you went, you went, you went, you went, you go for it. And then you're there. Now what? What do you do? Why are you here? And I had that moment where I was like, what the fuck am I doing? Why am I doing this? Why am I killing myself so hard every day only to end up in a place where I don't see an end of? But instead, if the vision was where you're trying to get to, the goal will always move. And if the vision is the joy, then the joy never stops because the goalpost will keep moving further with you. That's why it's so important. Yeah. That's really valuable advice there. So I think we even see this in the sales process sometimes where people get fixated on the outcome and it's Mm -hmm. constant letdown, constant letdown, constant letdown. Mm -hmm. So let's just talk about this again and compare. If I'm obsessed with a vision, how is that different than being obsessed with an outcome? So a vision is where you're trying to go. An outcome is a result of that vision. Okay. So if my vision is to become the most premium electrical service provider in the nation, right? Then the outcome likely would be something you'd expect from that. Um, Higher closing ratios, top tier average tickets, better making options. All these things would be the result. But if you're only chasing the result, you get there, you have nothing. That's all you have. 
you have to keep making more goals for yourself. And the problem is, is those goals don't always line up. Have you ever had it where you say you want something and you get there and you realize I actually want something over there? Then you go that way, want something there, and I go that way. But if I had a vision that was straight, I could take all the bends and curves out of my path and just get straight to where I want to be. Definitely, definitely. In fact, I'm reminded of a little speech that uh, that uh, Mrs. Jordan gave. I recently watched Amazon Prime did a, a take on Air, the Air Jordan documentary. Okay. It's not a documentary, though, rather. It's a, it's a movie based on a true story, sorry, and how okay. they got Michael Jordan to sign with Nike and essentially put Nike on the map. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you seen this? I have not, but I am so down to hear it. Incredible. Plus, it's really, really cool to see all of Nike's values and, and some of the stuff that they were obsessed about in building that culture up that could cultivate that dream for them. Really impressive show. Uh, me and Mara watched it a second time this week. And here's what I'm, I'm reminded of when you said that is Michael Jordan's mom was the business brain. She was a freaking monster in there. And what she did is actually make Michael Jordan the first athlete to ever receive royalties from a product with his name on it. In fact, when she was asking for it, it was so abstract and so unseen that people were literally like almost shitting themselves. They were like, this can't happen. That's never been done before. You can't mm-hmm. do that. But she stuck to her vision. To tie this together, he had one other thing he wanted from this offer from them, and it was a red Mercedes SL. And she said to this guy on the phone, Mr. Vaccaro, who was negotiating the Nike deal with her, she said, look, you're going to give Michael the 250 k a year for five years. You're going to give him the red Mercedes that he's going to forget about in a year. And you're going to give us royalties on every pair of shoes that will have us in generational wealth and a position of charity for the rest of our meaningful lives. Is that not a great little parallel to what we're talking about? This is the red Mercedes versus the royalties. Yeah. And the thing is, is you're right. Because if you're only chasing the sale, you're going to forget about it. I have closed hundreds, if not thousands of sales in my life. I don't remember them all. I doubt anyone would remember them all. But the thing is, I remember feeling super happy and that I was king of the world when I was closing them. But what I am happy for is the knowledge that I gained because that is what I'm able to share with everyone else. And now that knowledge raises everyone else up. And that's the thing I'm most proud of. So I relate to that a lot. Here's some examples of being obsessed with a vision. We have a vision that in the home service industry and in all trades, electricians get the respect that they deserve, the very respect that electricity gets. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, we're here defending our trade because we've fallen short of that. Somewhere along the line, we became the redheaded stepchildren of the trades. When I signed up to be an electrician, that wasn't my vision, to be the least respected tradesperson. Yeah, the most educated in addition to that. I signed up thinking we're royal. We're different. We're better. Not that I'm promoting inequality, but you can just be better 
internally. You can just hold yourself as better without reference to anyone else. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like you can compete against yourself. Like I may speak out against the other trades, not out of a place of hatred, but almost out of a place of like, I remember coming up in this industry and not having anyone to guide you that was not a plumber or an HVAC person. And I was just so desperate to find someone else who can sling lineman pliers and be like, can you teach me what to do? Or do I have to go somewhere else? Do I have to go outside? Why is there no one in our trade that will help us? That's the vision. That's what I want people to stop having to worry about. We're already here. We want to help you. We can help you. Here's how obsessed we are with this vision. Just earlier before this, I said to Joe, I've been on meetings all morning. I got to take a break before we do this podcast. Mm -hmm. He said, okay, let's break. Grab a coffee. The moment you go to step away, what happens? So what ended up happening is I actually tested you on this. I turned my video off. I turned my microphone off and I saw you never move. You turned your head to the other screen. You moved to the other screen. I and I literally, I unmuted and I was like, Clay, that means get up and get some coffee. And you're like, oh yeah, yeah of course, I'm going to do that. And That's he came back with a- means them. to be obsessed though. I'm obsessed, Joe. I will not accept anything less than working towards this vision to a fault. I need you to remind me when to take a break. We do that for each other. Mm-hmm. But that's what it means to be obsessed. Being obsessed means looking at that vision every day. It means tasting it, smelling it, touching it every single day. This might not be my 45th birthday and I'm waking up at my El Rancho in Mexico. I'm not, I haven't got all my outcomes, but I'm living in congruency with my vision. We're realizing visionary wins every day. We get another step, just one more step, just one more climb, one more person, as we talked about yesterday. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful, but you have to be obsessed. It's true. And obsession can look like a lot of different things. Sometimes people put the word obsession in a negative connotation because usually an obsession is similar to an addiction. And we know that addictions are not good. So what makes an obsession different than an addiction? I can tell you one thing. Here's where they're alike. Both have trouble quitting. Mm -hmm. I know that's not the question you asked. Go ahead. I cut you off. No, it's fine. I was going to say, actually, don't quite remember where I was going to go with that. But either way, that's where my brain is. The difference between obsession and addiction is what you were saying. Yes. Okay. So the difference between obsession and addiction is that an addiction is a compulsory. You cannot help yourself due to outside sources. That is the thing that I'm addicted to and I need that thing in order to move on with my day. An obsession is an internal addiction to where you're saying this is something that is entirely within me, both the vision and the ability of doing it. And I am obsessed with that ability. And that is why I'm pushing it. Yeah. It's pretty interesting when you think about it that way. Absolutely. I mean, I got to ask then if you guys are listening, are you obsessed? Are you currently obsessed with your vision or is it undefined? Are the people around you looking at you for vision next? Like what's the next moves because they can't see over this hill, this bump? Are you 
What are you looking at to get that, that fix? What's next? How do you know if that's undefined? And then, and then again, back to this, like, are you obsessed with reaching that? What is your why? Because without obsession, I'll go back to the quitting. It will get tough and you will quit. Mm -hmm. Has there been hard times on this journey? (laughs) Absolutely. Reflect back earlier on the week. Has it been easy for Edwin working towards his vision? So, so steadfast, so true to it. Absolutely not. It takes faith. Again, this little review of that big F word, the most important F word we could say, not fuck, but faith. Mm -hmm. Having faith that what's at the top was worth the climb. You know, I didn't mean to interrupt you earlier, but you said something that I really felt like if I could have put a period, underlying, bold, italic, everything, circle it, points arrow to it. Yeah. It was, do you even know your vision? That's the craziest thing about all this. Because I guarantee if we said, why are you doing this? And we asked five to 10 electricians, why are you doing the things you're doing? Money, power, and fame would be the top three things that they're saying. I want to be the best. I want to be the highest paid. I want to do, but why? Assume you get there. What was the reason? What is your why? For me, it's my kids and my family. I love my wife. I love my children. They are way beyond what I consider myself deserving of. But I know that I'm always going to push to provide them the best. That's my why. And by knowing your why, you'll have the gas in the tank to never fall. And when you do fall, you'll have the tank, gas in the tank to stand back up. And that's what vision really requires. Not how many times you knock down, but how many times you're, you can stand back up after being knocked down. Well, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not the size of the dog in the fight. It's the size of the fight in the dog, right? You're damn right. But as you're speaking to that, I can't help but relate to uh, Simon Sinek has this wonderful book, Start With Why. Mm-hmm. And it goes on to articulate how most, and this really applies for, for electricians as well, most know what they do. Maybe not niched like we talked about a couple of days ago. Maybe it's not that refined, but we all kind of know what we do. That's why we got into business, right? I'm an electrician. Yeah. I, I could serve people. They could pay me direct. I'd have more money and more time. At least that's what we thought when we we're getting into this. Yeah, we all think we can sling copper and that money's going to fly, right? <laughs> Later, we learn like this week, niching down will help with that what big time. But most of us know what. Most of us know how we do it. Very few of us articulate and have systems around how we do it. But most of us do know how. And this is why, as we've touched on in the past, why you'll see a lot of electrical contractors say, well, I had six, seven, eight guys, but I was tired of babysitting. That's too much. All that babysitting was hand-holding step-by-step. Because that how was not well-developed enough that people understood how to run the play, when they needed help, and when they were okay to be autonomous. If they truly had how configured and developed and trained across a team, then those teams become actually a superpower, not a nuisance. Mm -hmm. Right? But we got the what, some have the how, very few have the why. I tell you what, though, every promising, growing, big, lasting company with great cultures and attracting more people has this in common. They know their why, Joe. There's no question 
go ahead, do a shop tour with any home service company. I know lots of you guys like to fly around and maybe go visit Brian Burton or friends at Waste No Day or, or go visit Tommy and check out the A1 shops. We go and do these shop tours. Pay attention to what they see. Not what they are, but what they see. What, what's their vision? Otherwise, if they were already there, wouldn't they just stop? Mm-hmm. Think about where you are, where you want to get to get to be. You go to tour their shop because you want to be where they are. I want to learn from people that have done what I want to do. But if they mm-hmm. realized it, if that was the big outcome they were heading for, wouldn't they just shut it down and go, that was done? Wouldn't yeah. everyone lose motivation in the building? Go, well, I guess we're here. Now what? Put a period in and start writing checks, right? Yeah. Call it a day. But that's not what's happening there. This vision is much bigger than that. And you need to have that too. And in your vision, it should be personal and tied to your business. I mean, it's your business after all. Mm-hmm. Aren't the two inextricably linked? The thing is they are. Because unfortunately, it's sometimes too tied in where people cannot identify with anything outside of their business. And that does get dangerous. But the two are linked in such a way because if your business's vision lines up with your personal vision, then no matter what is thrown your way, you will always have a light. When you're personally being let down, your business vision will carry you forward. When your business is struggling, your personal vision will carry the business. So they need to be linked. Love it, man. This has been a really powerful Friday episode. I know you guys are getting value if you're with us. Please say hello. Tell us about your vision. Do you have one? Is it articulated? Do your staff know your vision? These are all great questions. They're going to tie right into these action items that we got to jump into, Joe. You want the action or the all-star? Give me the all-star. I'm all right. down the swing for the fences I'm, today. I'm just going to continue with this. If you do not have a vision on paper, let me help you with that. Because you might be going, well, where, where do I start? Where do I, what do I do? Now, a vision statement is a simple sentence. And I'm not going to challenge you to come up with some grand poetic justice for what you're trying to accomplish right now. But I am going to challenge you to explore a bit of a mental movie that would actually drive you with a why to where you're headed to continue that pursuit so that we're less likely to take these little oddball, here it is, easy come, easy go, do this for me, please. So you know when to say no. And so when you know um, how to say yes and when to say yes, following the frameworks we gave you this week. So I I want you to do an exercise. Here's the all-star. Or sorry, the, the regular action, Joe. I'm not, I'm not hijacking you. I was going to say, I was like, hold on here, brother. Yeah, yeah. Here's the action. I want you to imagine the perfect day. I want you to imagine the perfect day. This is your first vision. And this has to be, let's say, 10 years out. If you enjoy your birthday, make it your birthday. What's the weather like? What time is it when you wake up? What are you hearing? What are you seeing? Who's with you? Mm -hmm. Are you in your dream home? Is it in your dream place? Do you have to go to work today? Is that something you look forward to doing? Are you financially independent? What vehicle am I going to drive to work? 
what is going on around you? What do you smell? What are you eating for breakfast? Like give yourself this whole freedom of a mental movie and experience that for a second. Are you working towards retirement? Are you almost there? How is the business supporting that? Because that's a why that you can actually stick to. Especially when it includes those around you, like your family and whoever else is in that vision with you. That's so simple to do, Joe. And so few of us give ourselves the time and the grace to just be okay with being a, a like a kid in imagination again for a second mm-hmm. and actually pursuing everything that we want. Isn't that crazy? You want to hear something crazier? Go ahead. That lines up perfectly with what I had in mind for the all-star action. Hey, man, we just come and shoot the shit. I can't help it if we're completely aligned. I know, right? So following that vision, I've always been a very literal person. And I found that capitalizing on that actually helped me more than it hindered. So I want to give you the same exercises that I did that I found helped me. So remember how you were telling everyone to visualize where they want to be? What are you eating? What are you driving? I actually like to write those things down and put them in certain categories. But here's where it becomes all different. Each one is going to have a line drawn to the other side of the page. Mm. And you're going to say in that line, time, question mark. And you're going to say, how much time would it take me to get there? When you know a reasonable amount of time, then what you can do is focus on the how. Say, what do I need to do in order to get to this place? What does my business need to look like? Who do I need to be personally? Like, are you still smoking two packs a day? And yet you want to be alive at 75 and enjoying your kids and being able to pick them up over your head? Do you think that habit is going to line up with that vision? Didn't for me. So I had to stop. You know, if you're drinking on a regular Is that going to keep you alive? Will that allow your business to foster? Will you be able to spend more time with your family? If it doesn't, get rid of it. So the moral of the action here is this. When you've written everything that you want and you've written the amount of time that you feel it'll take to get there, you'll be able to look at it and say, okay, now I have a goal. I have a goal post and now I have a direction to run. And that's sometimes all you need because as we've heard here, You don't have to be great to start, but you have to start to be great. And even if that means taking one step and saying, you know what, I'm going to go on a five-year plan and this is what I'm going to do. That's still better than you saying, well, I'm eventually going to retire. Incredibly powerful. Thank you for that. And just a reminder, people overestimate what they can do in a year and underestimate what you can do with five or 10. Mm -hmm. So dream a little bit with this, guys. Make sure it's got power and vacuum. Episode 128, Joe, we just gave these guys and gals, if you're listening, electricians internationally, five days of reasons why a vision's so important, proof of people that's working for, like Edwin and his story going from literal nothing and no one to a couple of wrapped vans, the whole dream, the website, the logo, the mascots, the staff attraction, everything coming together, the location, us and our dreams and how we've found each other and found this cause and how Mm -hmm. it speaks to us and how we continue to be obsessed with this. Endless value here when you really get in tune with and aligned with your vision. 
and everyone else who's on that same path. I couldn't say it enough. So absolute pleasure this week, Joe. Hoping uh, you have a fantastic weekend. And once again, guys, we're going to keep showing up here. We'll be back Monday to help you master sales, simplify pricing, and deliver premium level electrical service. Happy Friday. Cheers to you all. Cheers.